Eventually, the door opens to my boss's office, and out walks a lady with a piece of paper in her hand. And she's crying. She's all concerned. And I'm like, oh, is that what I think it is? I don't talk to her. I walk right. The boss says, hey, Dustin, come in. I go right into his office. And the first thing he says is, Dustin, we have to cut back. You have two weeks now. Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever. Stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risks. But to win big, you've got to reduce it. Today's episode is sponsored by the Women Building Wealth Membership Group, the complete proven step-by-step course to guide women from novice to confident investor. To learn more, go to womenbuildingwealth.net. My name is Andrew Stotts from A. Stotts Investment Research, and I'm here with featured guest, Dustin Heiner. Dustin, are you ready to rock? I absolutely am. Thank you very much for having me, Andrew. I've been feeling your energy as we've been talking prior to this show, so I know we're going to have fun. Well, let me tell the audience about you. Dustin is the founder of MasterPassiveIncome.com and the host of the Master Passive Income Show podcast. Dustin is a real estate rental property investor who was able to make enough passive income from his business to quit his job when he was 37 years old. With his podcast, books, courses, and coaching, he now helps other people quit their job by investing in real estate, rental properties to live the dream life. And ladies and gentlemen, he is living the dream. Dustin, take a minute and fill in any further tidbits about your life. Yeah, so I love being with my family. I have my amazing, beautiful wife and my four kids. And one thing that we love to do is we love to travel. We love not just travel to like one specific place over and over again. No, we like seeing the world's amazing. And so we've gone to many, many places. In 2017, I took my wife, my four kids, and my dad. We went through Japan. We went six-week trip all around Japan, drove 2,000 miles all around the entire island of Japan. That was fantastic. And then the next year, which was last year, we went through Europe. We went through 11 different countries on a six-week trip as well. And that was amazing. So many different countries, like a whirlwind of just a fantastic trip. And just literally two days ago, I got back from a four-week trip on the East Coast. I live in Arizona, so I'm on the West Coast. We flew over to the East Coast. I had a couple of conferences to go to. But in the meantime, I thought to my wife, I talked to my wife and said, why don't we just tour all the East Coast, see all the history and all that great stuff. So for four weeks, we drove up and down the East Coast, saw all the amazing history from Florida all the way up to New York City and everything in between. So it's fantastic. So we love traveling. We love being together. We homeschool or what my wife homeschools. I have the easy job of making money. She has a hard job of teaching the kids. So that's what we do with our time. We just love being together. That's awesome. And these, you know, four weeks, six weeks holidays for the listeners out there that are slogging it out in the office every day and getting their two weeks of holiday per year, the benefit and the proof that Dustin is a master at passive income is the fact that he can take off these four and six week holidays. That's really impressive. And to be able to spend that with your family is fantastic. Well, now it's time to share your worst investment ever. And since no one goes into their worst investment thinking it will be, tell us a bit about the circumstances leading up to it and then tell us your story. So I'm going to give you two of my worst investments. One is is definitely actual investor of money. Another one is more principle-based. So from the very beginning and and the way, Andrew, the way you uh, introduced me, I appreciate it because what I do is I'm an investor. I invest in real estate 
rental properties. And so whenever I introduce myself, it's always, hi, my name is Dustin Heiner. I invest in real estate rental properties. And I also help others to quit their job by investing in real estate. But I, I didn't always do this. I had a job before this. Now, I must say that I have a blessed life. I'm, it's a very amazing life. And I currently travel everywhere, but it never, it wasn't always this way. I started with my own job. I had a job. I was working for the government. I was doing IT work for the government. And one day I was sitting at my desk. I was sitting at my desk and I received a phone call and it was my boss's boss's boss. The secretary of the boss's boss's boss called me up and said, Dustin, the boss wants to see you. And I said, okay, thank you. And I, I hung up the phone. And for some reason I thought, okay, what is this? Did I do something wrong? And I had just gotten back from paternity leave. Paternity leave, basically, my wife just gave birth to our fourth child. A week later, I'm back at the office, and I've only been working for a week, and I get this phone call. I'm like, well, what did I do wrong? I, have, I haven't been here for a while. So, so I get up thinking, okay, what's going on? And I start walking. As I'm walking down the hallway, I see my boss's door, but the hallway seems longer and longer and longer. I'm starting to sweat a little bit because of, I'm just concerned. Like, what happened? And then as I'm walking, my feet started to feel a little heavier and heavier. And I'm like, oh, this, this can't be good. Then something ringed back in my brain. There was uh, rumors, like small rumors that there could be layoffs. And I'm walking towards my boss's office thinking, uh-oh, is this the time that I'm actually going to be laid off? I get closer and closer. Hands start sweating even more. I really start feeling like just getting anxious and wondering what's going to happen to. I just had a, my fourth kid. I have four kids. What am I do without having money? I walk over and talk to the, my boss's secretary. And she said, Dustin, would you please have a seat? It'll be just a few minutes. So I sit down and she's a nice lady. And so she's looking at me really kind of consoling. She can't say much, but she's really understanding. Just a beautiful lady. And I'm sitting there he's sweating even more. And as the minutes tick by, it was maybe like two minutes, but it felt like an eternity just waiting for that door to open. And I start getting more and more nervous about what's going to happen. Eventually, the door opens to my boss's office and out walks a lady with a piece of paper in her hand. And she's crying. She's all concerned. And I'm like, oh, is that what I think it is? I don't talk to her. I walk right. The boss says, hey, Dustin, come in. I go right into his office. And the first thing he says is, Dustin, we have to cut back. You have two weeks now. You have two weeks before you're done, and then you're going to have to figure out what you're going to do. And so my mind, there's a lot more to share there. I'm going to cut that story short, story, that story short so I can walk you through the rest of it. So as I leave my boss's office, my brain is racing. What am I going to do with my life? What am I going to do to provide for my four kids, my amazing wife? I didn't have any money. I didn't have anything other than my job. So my mind's racing. So what I did was... I went back to my desk and I literally started after five minutes. I, I, I paused myself for five minutes, just said, okay, Dustin, you're going to figure this out. You're going to make it. You're going to get this done. Even though I was concerned for everything, I knew, Dustin, you're going to get this done. So what I decided to do was I thought back to everybody that I could possibly call to get another job. So I did that. I started calling every single other department in the county that I've worked with that knew me as being a good employee. Eventually one of the other departments saw me and said, hey, Dustin, we, we know because you called us that you're, you're not going to have a job. They hired me right then. So I, I didn't even get laid off. I was just a week later, I got a new job because of my network, because of what I did. Now, here's the principle. After I got my new job, I'm sitting in there realizing that, number one, 
life is short. I don't want to keep working my life away for a job for somebody else that they could just take it away from me. So I decided I need to start investing. I need to start taking and becoming financially independent. That's when I decided I need to go full steam into my real estate investing, which is what I do now. I'm a real estate investor. So that was a fire underneath me saying, get going, start investing. And so from that, the second lesson in this losing my job was I got my second job because I had networked, networked before. So all my career working at the, at the government, I networked really, really well. I had such a great reputation that people picked me up. Now I was working a job and I realized this is what I need to do now. I am now an investor. I'm no longer an employee. Like if somebody says, hey, Dustin, what do you do? I used to say, I work for the IT for this you know, department in the government. Now somebody says, hey, Dustin, what do you do? I, even though I have a job, I am an investor. Now I might have a part-time job that pays for all the bills, but I, my value is what I perceive myself to be, and I portray that to everybody else. So now I am an investor. So if you're in this position, or if you're in a position where now you, you have a side business, but you have a job, stop saying your job is your life or is who you are. You need to value who you are saying, if you're an, an author, say, I'm an author. And they say, well, you make money doing that? Yeah, I make a little bit of money. I make most of my money in my job but you are a full-time author, you're a full-time investor, you're a full-time stockbroker. This, this is who you are. So that's the first lesson was I knew that I needed to make a change and I made that change. And with that change, I also started networking. I told everybody that I was a real estate investor. And now my life has changed where I have people coming to me saying, hey, after, you know, it's been 10, 13 years now of being an investor, People come to me and say, hey, Dustin, I have this property. I want to sell it. Can you buy it? I said, yes, I'll buy it. It's a great deal. I also have people coming to me and say, hey, Dustin, I have money. I don't have time. Can you invest? Can I give you my money to invest money for me? And I'm like, sure. Let's go buy an apartment complex and work together. And we could all make money. So because I've told so many people, I learned my lesson that I need to network because of that. And I need to also have be financially independent. My life is where it is now. Now, from that, that was, that was the first lesson that I want to, leave, want to leave you with is I do not invest my time or my life in anything else other than something that's going to bring me financial independence. I'm not going to invest my life working for somebody else, making them money. That's the biggest investment you can ever spend. The most expensive thing you can ever spend is your time and add up all your time. That's your life. If you invest your life in something that isn't worthwhile, you need to rethink that so you can change it to where you invest it in what you want. So from that, I'll give you the next, the, like the principle, actual things I actually invested in. That was probably one of the worst. I've invested in stocks. I've lost tens of thousands of dollars, but that's not the, because I invest in real estate now. That's where I make all my money. I don't invest in stocks anymore, but that's not my worst investment. My worst investment, and it has turned out to be a great investment because it taught me so much. I actually started, while I was working for the same government job, I was trying to work my way out of my job. The easiest one turned out to be because I had so many businesses. I had a skateboard manufacturing business. I had a, a computer design business. I had a convenience store and a pizzeria. And I also started investing in real estate. The easiest one was real estate. I literally don't work and I make money because I have other people do the work. But my worst investment was when I invested in a retail establishment. I started from the ground up. It literally did not even have flooring. I had to you know, lay the concrete, lay the pipes and all that. So there was from the ground up, I started a retail establishment. Now I'm not saying retail's bad, just for me, there's so much overhead. There's so many things that you have to contend with. I like businesses 
that are automatic, that work on their own without me even being there. I love those, just like my properties. I work 30 minutes a month, just a month. You heard that right, 30 minutes a month. And all I'm doing is I'm looking at my statements from my property managers and making sure they're not stealing from me and everything's going good. And I put it away and I make money. So my worst investment was when I started a real retail establishment. So it was basically a convenience store. We also had, it was a pizzeria as well. We sold pizza as well. So it was a combination of both. And it was so heavily focused on a certain area. It was in the downtown area of the state that I was living in, in a certain city. And inside that downtown area, it was heavily dependent on people that worked there. Well, I started it in 2007. In 2007, right before the crash. So the first one or two years, it's going great. Because there were so many people that had jobs that were working in the downtown area. And it, I, I hired people. I had my full-time job. And everything was going well until the economy crashed. When the economy crashed, I didn't see this coming. But nobody lived in the downtown area. area. And so because nobody lived there, there was no outside business other than the people that worked there. When the economy crashed, the people that worked down there started cutting out week after week or month after month, less and less people were working down there. By the time the economy finally crashed and it was at the bottom, we had half as much sales, half as much customers, half of everything. And so what was a good investment now, because I did not, I did not look completely at the demographics. I did not really understand what I was doing, getting into a place like this. I now know if I were to do this all over again, I'm going to make sure it's not necessarily recession proof, but I'm going to make sure we have so many customers around our business that even if people lost their job, they're still living around us. So that's one big lesson that I learned. But here's the big takeaway for me was every business that I create now is I'm going to create or I am creating businesses that have very little to low overhead. That would be employees or variable expenses and things like that. So right now I have three different businesses and I'm even going to be starting another business that's it's basically going to be a gym, a lifting gym, an exercise gym where it's going to be automated. I don't need to be there. I'm not going to have any employees. It's going to be a 24-hour gym. So that's my big lesson was try to build businesses that work on their own because it is absolutely possible. You just have to be creative in doing that. So that's the first lesson was Spend your life doing the things that you want to do that are going to enrich you. Make sure that nobody's you know, dangling a carrot, basically that paycheck in front of your face so you can keep going after what, they're, what they want for you. So spend your life on the things that you want. And then from there, start creating businesses that do not need you. That's why I can travel the world because my businesses don't need me. So those are my two worst investments that I've ever done. I've learned a ton from those. Great story. Now, let me ask you about the convenience store. How did you exit that? Or what happened in the end where you had to say, okay, I'm out of this, or what did you do? I was very, very close to closing up shop and having the lease and then coming, you know, trying to sue me for the lease. I was very, very close because we were just losing money. But we were losing money because I had overhead. If we didn't have overhead, you know, if I was just a, a sole proprietor working inside the store, we would be making money, be totally mm. fine. But because I had my job and, you know, I had four kids at home and I was nervous and I was like, oh, you know, the business isn't doing that well. I have a steady paycheck over here. And so what I did was I put it online that I was selling my convenience store, my pizzeria and convenience store. I was selling it. And there was maybe three or four people that were interested in buying it because it was making good revenue. It's just with all the employees, it was just sucking out. I was in California. Yeah. California, you have to pay a lot of money for employees. So it was sucking all the income out. 
And then in the end, I sold it to a sole proprietor, you know, a self-run business. So he was working with he and his brother and they were making fine money. So it worked out well for them. At least I believe they, hopefully they're still going, but this was a number of years ago. But for me, I got out of the business, even though I lost money, I got a little bit more money back in my pocket, which wasn't much. It's was probably maybe a, a quarter of what I put into it. But oh, well, I learned so much now mm. and I have so much more. I, I'm, I'm blessed because now I've learned those lessons to move forward. So let's, let's now go through the lessons to summarize it, clarify it for our listeners so that they're sitting there with a notepad writing down or they're listening in their car. What would you say are the top one, two, three lessons? Number one, like I said, spend your life doing the things that are going to benefit you more than just a job, like work towards passive income. That's definitely what you want. You want the money that works without you working. So that's number one. Number two, you want to know your expenses and be able to control your expenses in your business as best as possible. That's why I love real estate. With real estate rental properties, my expenses are fixed. I have no just about no, like very, very little variable expenses, you know, like electricity. I don't pay for electricity. The tenants do employees. I don't pay for employees. My property managers do, you know, the contractors do. I know all my expenses before I get into the business. And so the last one is along with everything else is what you want to do is you want to make sure that you in going into, and this kind of goes, I didn't touch on this, but this is another big takeaway. Go into a business, understanding the exit strategies because I didn't know the exit strategies or I didn't plan for exit strategies for any of my businesses. I stumbled my way into it. Praise the Lord, I was actually able to get out of the business. But now every business that I get into, I plan exit strategies. Not saying that I have to actually exercise those, but I know the routes that I can take if something does happen. Got it. Got it. All right. So here is some of the, let me summarize some of the takeaways I get from it. The first, the most important thing out of this whole story, I think, for myself and for the audience is your statement, I am an investor. And I think that Absolutely. For, for all of us listening to you today, what we should be saying to ourselves is from today forward, when someone asks us what we do, I would actually, if you don't mind, I'm going to add a little bit onto that. Please do. I wouldn't say that I'm an author. I wouldn't say that I'm a real estate person or I'm this. I would just say I'm an investor. And whether if somebody asks you more, you know, really what you, everybody is, is you're an investor of your money and your time. And you're, you're allocating your resources. So ultimately you are an investor of your time and your money. So therefore it starts to make you think differently. And I think that this is to me, the massive lesson from this story is that when people start thinking about that, you know, it changes things. Now, when I was a young guy, I was building my career in finance my best friend Dale came to Thailand and then we set up Coffee Works in 1995. It was very hard in the beginning. But as an analyst, I was a much better analyst because I knew, I understood business very well from all the pain and suffering that we went through. So all along, I knew that everybody was happy with their salaries. We were making good money and good bonuses. But on the side, at nighttime, on the weekends, I was working, helping Dale to build our business so that I really was an investor. And what I built from that together with Dale is a passive income, is a business that's sustainable, that can grow and grow. And so I really encourage everybody to take away that I am an investor. The second thing is 
only invest in things that are going to help you move towards your financial independence. And that's a hard one because, you know, we, you know, invest our time in things sometimes that don't get us there. And if we constantly think that financial independence is an important goal for us, then focus the efforts of your time on things that give you that financial, that get you one step closer. And, you know, for the audience that can't see it, Dustin can see it, but I have books behind me. I have thousands of books that I've read and, and to try to improve myself to get further and further along towards that financial independence. The other thing I, would, I like is the idea of automatic businesses. And Dustin and I talked before about online courses and things like that. These are things that you know, can generate income automatically. And then the last thing is the thing that I don't like about the pizzeria and the convenience store is that it's very much a location-based business. Now, as you say, even a location-based business could work in the worst time if you're a sole proprietor. But the reality is it's hard to grow a location-based business. And so I like the idea of, you know, also thinking about online business and that type of thing. So these are my four main takeaways. Do you have anything you would add? No, I think you did it really, really well. And so what I love to say, this is why I changed my mind at the very beginning, your very first one. I changed my mindset from being an employee, like saying what my job is and saying, no, I am an investor with a side job as opposed to I'm an employee with a side investing business or a side this. No, your side thing is your job because you take value in who you are. You present that to the world and they see you for that. If you want to value yourself as an employee, I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I just don't think it's for me. I didn't want to go that route. So what you want to do is say, I am this with a side job. Got it. Got it. So get yourself out of the employee mentality. Yes, 100%. Okay, got it. So the next question is based on what you've learned from this story and what you continue to learn, what one action would you recommend our listeners take to avoid suffering the same fate? There's an old saying. It says, a smart person learns from their mistakes, but a wise person learns from other people's mistakes. That's why Andrew, when you approached me to be on this podcast, I said, absolutely. I really, I love learning from my mistakes and everybody else, if they can learn from our mistakes, from the people that are talking and not do what they did, then you're going to be so much more wise. Now, the one takeaway that I would give that you should not do is not put your time into, and this is, I, I just firmly believe in this. Don't put your time in things that only pay you one time. See what passive income is. This is why I have master passive income is because I want passive income where I work one time and I get paid over and over and over again. So I buy one rental property. It literally takes me three hours from beginning it, from finding to financing and funding the property, signing the check to get everything going and getting the deed. Then I release it to my property managers. I don't do any more work, but I make money year after year after year and then I can pass it down on my kids. So get that thought in your head. How can I create passive income where I work one time and get paid over and over and over again. Ladies and gentlemen, go to masterpassiveincome.com right damn now and learn how he does it. That's exciting, very exciting. All right, last question. What's your number one goal for the next 12 months? Oh, 12 months. So my number one goal in the next 12 months is to create a new brand. See, I love Master Passive Income. I will always love that, but I also realize that I wanna help more people because I talk about rental properties and real estate and master passive income, but there's so many other ways. So I'm creating a new brand called Successfully Unemployed. 
And that is for all of us who either have the desire or who already are successfully unemployed where we don't need a job and whatever that it could be, you know, like a, like a book writer, you could be a podcaster, you could have your own businesses, you could be a stock trader, you can own real estate, whatever it might be. And that's my goal is to create this brand new brand with a podcast that is going to be sharing all these success stories. I love your podcast because you're showing how to avoid these problems. I want to do also in the same like mind, but more successes. How are you, how are you successfully unemployed? Beautiful, beautiful. All right, fantastic. Well, listeners, there you have it. Another story of loss to keep you winning. To find more stories like this, previous episodes, and resources to help you reduce your risk, visit myworstinvestmentever.com. As we end, Dustin, I want to thank you again for coming on the show. I know it's painful talking about our losers, but our listeners are learning to win as a result. And by sharing your story, you are converting your worst investment into the best teaching moment. Do you have any parting words for the audience? I wanna say you guys need to be doing, applying everything you're learning. You wanna be wise, you wanna apply everything. And so if anybody ever wants to learn about real estate investing, I have a free course I'd love to give. You mind if I share that with everybody? Absolutely, and, share it. And I'll put yeah, the link so, in the show notes. Fantastic. So go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course, masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. And that'll get you a free course, get you started down the road of investing in real estate. Well, I love it. I'm going to be there checking it out. And my audience, I think, will take you up on that offer. So fantastic. And that's a wrap on another great story to help us create, grow, and protect our well fellow risk takers. I'll see you on the upside.